You can't just put yourself in torture every day because of somebody. In this America, your boss can fire you easily. Doesn't have to send you to any partner. You wake up in the morning. Oh, you're fired. You know, are you getting my point? So the guy said, okay, let him think about whether he'll fire her. Or no, not the other option. I'm not <laughs> fire or resign the job. So one day just just call the coach, say, look, he has made up his mind. No need to fire her. I'm leaving anyway. I'm even tired of the work. He cut off his hand to prevent him from what? Committing sin. That job was his hand. The Bible talks about right hand. You see, that's where a man gets food from. There are people that are in jobs that every time they are defining your conscience on a daily basis. Surprise your boss. Just come to work. Drop resignation for him. Attach a check. One more salary in lieu of notice. No, you can't just work. People don't know some things are proper. You either give notice or, depending on the agreement, or you give what? One more salary back instead of the notice. Surprise the man. Just comes to work one morning. Since your desk is, is empty. Ah, where's the so person? Or oh, where's this lady? Oh, sir, she was here earlier in the day. And she left a letter for you. You open it. I'm resigning with immediate effect. And then with, and the guy realized, my God, this girl is serious. Or this guy is serious. What is she doing? What is she doing? I am cutting off my hand. Because you have become a tempter to my soul. That's what Jesus meant when he said, remove your eyes, remove your hands. There are things you will just, look, I, 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 I've told before that don't talk to your mother again. You know, there are mothers who work for the devil. Every time they call you, they start telling you everything that's wrong in your life. And where you are supposed to be, where you are not right now. And where you, how all your mates have left you behind. Every time you talk to your mother, you start looking for a visa. You know, there are people like that. You are building your business gradually, you don't have any trouble. But once you talk to your mother, suddenly options that you don't believe in start showing up to you. What do you do? <laughs> your mother and your hand. Cut both of them off. Next time she calls, you don't pick her call. Block. It, it's, remember, we're talking about what? Drastic measures. Just, you, you just tell your sister, say, I don't talk to mommy again. Why? Every time I talk to her, I start committing sin. So if you are working and you are supporting her, continue doing that. You know, I like bank transfer. Just be sending her money. She's always trying to arrange wife for you. And all these girls are not they are unbelieving girls. Stop talking to her. It's not Christmas time. I want to go. No, don't go home. Send your sister home. Look, she doesn't want to see you anyway. Just send her money. Send, you know, send the money regularly. Your sister will be telling her that you are fine. Why does he not talk to me? Every time you talk, he talks to you. You make him commit sin. That's what Jesus was saying. Let's get the point. Alright? So, that's what I say. So, the first assignment of a believer, work out what? Christ-likeness. You bring, you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Is that fear and trembling that I just wanted to bring out when I was talking about all of this or that in the cut of the hand, cut of the eyes and all of that? Work out the salvation with fear and trembling. That's the first assignment. The second assignment of a believer it's not to build a house on the earth, not to live large, not to enjoy yourself. No, the second assignment is to fulfill the reason why you were born. Upon these two hang all the law. <laughs> all your personal commandments and testimonies, they hang on those two things. One, bringing out the salvation of God, working out Christ-likeness into manifestation. 
Two, fulfilling the assignment of God for your life. Everything in life must be seen in that perspective. That's why it makes me laugh. People are always looking for where life is comfortable. You know, I've been preaching for a while. I've never, as of today, I've hardly ever preached out of Nigeria, really. It's only once I preached in another country that's not Nigeria. I'm a Nigerian preacher. That's why our website is pastor.ng. It's not pastor.uk. It's not pastor.any other thing, but pastor.ng. All right? People listen to us from different places, mostly Nigerians, but of course other Africans and people from other countries, a few. But mostly, most of our audience, they are Nigerians. Now, the point I'm making is that, however, it has never, I've never had the desire to go and preach in Europe, anywhere, any part of Europe or North America. I've never had the desire. I have preached in the U.S. once. It was my brethren were having a program, so I promised them I will attend it, so I was featured as one of the ministers, okay? But personal desire, no. To me, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. You know the one that's, that, that long, you know they call long throat? The one that drugs, drags me all the time is African countries. If you say, let's choose between preaching in the UK, preaching in any European country, and preaching in Rwanda and Uganda, believe me, I will choose the Rwanda and the Uganda first. I love Ghana. I love Sierra Leone. These are the places I want to go. Over the next few months, I'm going to, go, going to work on it. I feel like, because I think it's easy in Uganda, put our messages on the air there. Now, what I'm trying to emphasize here, sometimes when I see people always running for where things are good, listen to me. One day you will account for this in your life, and nobody will ask you with the car you drove. Did you hear what I said? Let me say one more time. Nobody will ask you. One day you will account for your life. They won't ask you the kind of clothes you wore. They won't ask where you used to spend your holiday. Nobody will check. Nobody will ask you. And the person who gave you an assignment will ask, that assignment I gave to you, how well did you do it? If you open your mouth and tell him country was rough. So I departed like Demas. Let me not say more than that. He will literally ask you, what did you do? How did you spend your life? And he will not ask, oh boy, was your water constant? One question he will not ask, was power constant? I wonder why he will not ask, were the roads good? Let me tell you questions he will not ask. Was the educational system very good? I'll give you a list of them. I'm going on the question he won't ask. Was the internet fast? <laughs> he will not ask you, were the politicians stealing money? He won't ask you, did Asu go on strike? <laughs> Unless you're a member of Asu. If you're not a member of Asu, he won't ask you. There are questions he will not ask. He won't ask you, hmm, that your bedu, your music set. How was it compared with your neighbor's own? He will not ask when you are spraying money, how many people pay attention? Believe me, let me, uh, let me give you more questions he will not ask. He will not ask whether your room was air-conditioned. He will not ask how easy it was to buy a house where you were living. He will not ask whether the credit system was good. Could you easily buy a new TV without having to sweat? You know when you hear Christians talking, you'll be looking at them and say, this one, Jesus is coming for you. He will not ask any of these questions. None of these questions will he ask. 
He will just ask, okay, I will give you life. We formed you for a purpose. We wove in your mother's womb. We put a gift inside you. How well did you use it? How well did you multiply it? That's the beginning of the question. That's the end of it. Believe me. Back to 119. So that's why David said, Thy hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I might learn thy commandments. Now, this is my understanding of that line. He was saying, help me so that I will do the things that are necessary. Because commandments can be personalized. They can be personalized. Help me that I may learn your commandments so that I will know the things I am supposed to do and things I am not supposed to do. Listen, when you want to make choices in life, these are the things you write down. You want to choose which, husband, which wife will I marry? These are the questions you ask. That particular message should be the most downloaded message on our website. How to find true love. I don't know how they keep on finding the message. Every month, it always hits the top. There is no month it will pass. It won't hit the top five downloads. Okay, at least. Bad. Ten top. And if you realize we put new messages... On the average, you put like 8 to 10 every month. How to find true love remains constantly among the top downloads. It means you should go and listen to it. <laughs> Indeed, I explain, how do I find true love? It's a simple question. He said, draw me unto me, you. Let us run together. It is the person you can run together with that matters. That's why when I was asking the Lord, people say, that, what did you ask God for when you wanted to marry? I didn't ask where she come from. I didn't ask whether she should be fair or dark. Tall or short, fat or slim, irrelevant questions. It's in my book. Should I say yes? I can read it there. One important one is I said, my wife has to believe I'm called to. My wife has to believe I'm called to teach the word of God. Because it would be crazy if my wife is pushing me towards making money and not pushing me towards fulfilling my ministry. So my experience till today, after all these years, is that if I tell my wife I'm making a sacrifice in a particular area, and I said, this is the reason. So we can preach the word of God some more. She has never, ever, ever disagreed. She has never frowned. When we started on radio that time. Of course, first I wanted to start on radio. You know the story. We ran away. The money was too high. Then we came back. Now we could now do it. When Kingdom was started, 90% of the offering came from my wife and I. 90, okay, actually I meant 95% of the offerings. I went to radio station and negotiated radio. They agreed. After agreeing, you have to bring money. That time, I started teaching for certain reasons. I started teaching part-time in one university nearby. That's in um, Namdiaziku University. I didn't like the money they were paying. It was ridiculously small. I complained, but let's make a long story short. The Lord said, do it. The Lord didn't come to say, do it. The older man that dragged me, so I'm just calling him the Lord now. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? No, some of, no, I need to say it like that because some people now say, Pastor, the Lord didn't speak to me. What I meant is this. It's true now. Let's explain to people. Christians will not make right decisions. They'll be waiting for God to talk to them. And God said, what else do you want, to, want me to say? I have taught you the principle. Do what is right. What just happened then was that, look, the man said to me, look, Banky, you are making things difficult for me. I need your help this time on this matter. I, I, I told him the size of my car. I was driving a 300E that time. I said, this money can't fuel my engine going to this new way I'm back. I explained to him. But anyway, I finally took the money, took the job. On top of paying me small money, they didn't pay for 10 months. 
I, I walk to. No, really. I will drive from here oh, two hours to go. Then Kingsley used to help me sometimes. Then Yinka will help me sometimes, you know, that's at different times. But so one day, finally, the money was going to come out. I said, Praise God. So my wife was feeling very happy. She had done her calculation. Okay, by the time the money arrives, we'll be able to do this. She had her plans for the money. And at the same time, the deal for the radio concluded. Now, there are things the Lord will not tell you. So that money, as I was praying, the Lord said, Bank, give this money to the radio program. He doesn't say such things. He thinks you have enough common sense. I need to look. I'm digressing. I will digress. <laughs> the Lord expects you to have enough common sense. Bank, you have got to negotiate in radio. Yes. Where would the money come from? I uh, will be praying about it. All right. So you'll be looking at your money they, are paid, they paid you, and you are praying about it. So the Lord will join you in prayer. <laughs> that day, I, just, I didn't have to go far. I just said, look, I just told, I just told, I just told myself, so, no problem. The reason why this money is coming at this time Radio was charging us one. We had to pay them one fifty thousand. The money I was getting was about one ninety two hundred there about. It wasn't much money, I told. Yeah, ten months of hard labor. I just told my wife that she was in the kitchen. I remember she was. And I don't the practice. I go tell her. I said, "This is your plans. It's not blessed of God." <laughs> then I just entered the kitchen. I just said, "Ah, that money." Eh? Like she was expect to hear that um, it's been paid. I said, I think the Lord needs it. She said, ah. I said, we have to kick off the radio broadcast. That will be the first money we'll pay. And it's one fifty. I said, remember, she was washing plates that day. She just said, okay. There was no discussion. There was no why now. There was what, what happened, what did not happen. It was just, okay. That was, there was no discussion uh, what happened? What, did the Lord did not? Why didn't the Lord send some money? This ministry, okay, is he alone to the ministry? I will recover, you know, nothing. I just said, look, I'll give you the testimony. That was the last time, was the last time I ever had to dip my hand in my pocket to pay for anything for Kingdom World Ministries because they needed it. Look, every time I've given money to Kingdom World since that time, it was just, ah, be responsible, you have money, you to add your own. That's all. That was the last time. That first one, we paid it. That covered for 10 weeks. It was 15000 a week. It covered for 10 weeks, but it was the last time. Next time we came to pay, our marketer in the radio station put his own 15000 added to it. Say, Pastor, remove that one. I'll put it and give me a complete receipt. After that time, brethren were just sending money here and there. And it wasn't because they were hearing us on radio. It wasn't those who were on radio that were sending money. But money just started coming. It was the first time. It was the last time. That I had to make that payment on radio because that is from my pocket as that's the only money available. So when David said this, the hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. That's what he was saying. May those who fear thee see me and be glad because I wait for thy word. Let me just really say something to us again. Anything you are doing, you are living your life expecting God to fulfill what he has written. It is not because of what you, are, you have done to deserve anything. Very important for us to understand, understand that, all right? Now, 
So this segment, what David was just saying, that look, Lord, help me. He said, verse 75, I know your judgments are righteous, and in faithfulness thou hast afflicted me. What is he talking about? God's judgments. God's overall plans. They are good. Whatever you have fitted me in life, I will walk there. Sometimes we go off in the direction of God. Many times he uses afflictions to return us to where we are supposed to be. Kanegin told a story, interesting story. It's not in any of his books. In fact, the day I wanted to quote it, I looked and looked. Somebody had to call a man who trained in Rima, all right, to get the story from him. He said it's not in any of his books. But I had gotten all the tips that he preached there. He said that one day he woke up, he went to the toilet, of course, he went to ease himself, and what did he find? Blood. He was urinating, and mixed with the urine was what? Blood. Ah! So he began to pray. I was the man who believed in divine healing, and he didn't used to take medicines, got all his healing all his life from the word of God, spiritual manifestation. So he began to pray, Lord, what is going on? So he knew that something was not connecting. So he began to pray, Lord, did I miss it somewhere? He said, the Holy Spirit spoke to him clearly. He said, what were you doing thinking about setting up a church in Rima Bible Training Center? He said, people have come to him and said, it would be good though, to start a church in this place. It would be good. You know, I've been tempted like that for a long time. To be, I'm tempted now. people talking to you, convert this to a church. He said, the Lord told him, what were you doing thinking about it? He said, Lord, I wasn't planning to do it. I was just thinking about it. He said, you are not allowed to even think about it. That was the Lord told him. You are not allowed. He said that never again touch it, not even in your thought life. <sighs> All right, Lord. That's how his urine cleared and the blood went away. Afflictions come for different reasons for Christians. I've said it many times. One, ignorance. You don't know. Just be arguing against yourself that poverty is the plan of God. <laughs> so you say you can be sick and still go to heaven. Who said you cannot be well and go to heaven too? When we arguing on things that are not to your, bed, <laughs> to your own advantage. You know, they sit down debating things that are wrong. That's one reason why people suffer. Two, sometimes the trial of their faith. That's, you have to learn to decipher which one is which. And we've talked about it before. David, that's one of the previous uh, meetings on this. David said, when I happen it like that, I settle down and check. Your testimonies give me comfort. I check whether I've been working according to your word. If I've been working according to your word and things are still rough, Fine. Then I know it's a trial of my faith. Second reason, trial of faith. And third reason, disobedience. Disobedience. God never blesses disobedience. Never. His, patience, his goodness means he's slow to anger. But he never blesses what is wrong. The best he can, the, the sign of his love is correction. And many times to correct people, what he does is to cause them to be afflicted. So the man said that day, he realized that he was leaving what God gave him to do because people were pressuring him. And the Lord just nudged him a bit, said, oh boy, don't try that again. So I was only thinking about it. I don't want you to think about it again. So that's what David meant here. See, this is how we pray, Christians. Our prayer is, Lord, let me conform myself to, I've said the first one, the image of Christ, and two, to the reason why you gave me life. Sometimes affliction. Anytime you have troubles, never forget. Listen, 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 listen. It's not an enemy. It's not your neighbor. Many people are jealous of my progress. What have you, pro- have you built a refinery? <laughs> you see, people that have not achieved anything, they are jealous of my progress. 
You know, somewhere you have, you know, pride. Because you went and bought, like, that's, that's what I'm Because you, you bought one old motor, you parked it, now you're having abdominal pain. You say your neighbors are jealous that you bought a, a 1995 Corolla. And your neighbors are jealous. I think you should park to another neighborhood, actually. Why would anybody should be jealous of you? And in case they are jealous, so, you have not built a refinery. How many cement factories have you built? I had one recently. They said, I'm going to you please quickly go and buy us now so you can turn them to a cement factory. <laughs> and turn all the footballers to truck drivers. <laughs> I just heard that one. You have not built a refinery. I mean, you, you, you've not built a, built a cement factory. You have not built um, a new go mall. People are jealous of you. You just bought one car. An old motor car. I thank God for your life, but believe me, nobody's jealousy is the cause of your problems. I hope you're getting my point. If you have troubles, you go through those three things. One, am I believing what is wrong? Two, am I disobeying the precepts of God? If all those two things are in order, with prayer, not for your own assessment, ask for counsel. And then three, you just know that it will pass. It's not your enemies. David said, what do you now do? You keep on meditating on the word of God. Are you getting my point here? So that's the focus of this particular segment. David was just saying, listen, there's a reason why I was born. When I'm praying, that must be focus of my prayer too. When we're making decisions, make sure your decisions have that in mind. Let me say another thing. You cannot leave the reason why you were born to when things are convenient. I see Christians do that all the time. That's been my experience. When we were in school those days, there are people who were taught, teaching us the word of God. They were teaching us the word of God. They were the anointed people. Who were the small, small boys that, you know, wanted to talk like them, speak like them, have their confidence. Then years pass, you hear things like, let me finish establishing my business. They will come into ministry. As the ministry is waiting for them. Small, small boys are entering the ministry, beginning to teach the word of God, and they just assume, listen to me, what you do first is very important in life. Let me say it again. What you do first is very important. He said, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. He says, seek ye, seek you what? Seek you what? First. What you do first is important. What you do first is important. What you do first is important. You cannot leave the reason why you were born to when everything is convenient. That's, the, that's how not to live long. Like if you, instead of committing, if you're looking for rope to hang yourself, just look for how to leave the reason why you were born to the last thing on the line. Then you will die nicely early. That was once I got to my house. I told my wife, if I ever make this statement, please wake me up, report me to, the, to our brethren. Because I came from work and one of my colleagues said, listen, now that I have become a professor, I cannot start ministry. He was not asking me for advice. I was looking at him like this. Yes, sir. Okay, sir. No, that's not how they preach. They preach like this. I was giving to him, you know, when you want to record, you record like this. But I was thinking, I go home, I said, my wife, come and here's a statement I must never make. I told myself, I told the guy, look, you know, you know we talked about it. I said, that guy is not, not called to ministry. If you are called to ministry, there are statements you can't make. People say, let me establish myself financially first. And then God, who cannot supply my needs, I will take care of my needs for him. Let me just say this. 
I was talking about what to do first. He said they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying and being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Did Noah not eat? Did Noah not drink? Did his children not marry? Why was it not a sin for him and it was a sin for the other people? Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. It was what was first that was the issue. For those people, they were eating. They are, the purpose of their lives were what was to what eat. They were drinking. The purpose was to drink. They were marrying. They saved for five years for one wedding. Something that makes me laugh. I see people say you save for a year, you go for the holiday of a lifetime. Believe me, spiritually you have a problem. Spiritually, you have a, the person has not saved for a whole year to give an offering. No. He has not saved for a whole year to support the ministry. He has not saved for a whole year to help people who are in need. He's saving for a whole year. The other people say, I'm saving for two years. I'm taking my family to Europe for a holiday. Listen to me. It's a very stupid thing. Stop doing it. It's vanity. You know, I was thinking about it. I said, anybody who don't save for two years, come land. I don't plan to go to Texas this last month. Now landed a, the week the hurricane arrived. You know what happened to him? He will stay in the hotel till it's time to go home. If I his new prayer will be like, Father, in the name of Jesus, the water will receive so I can get back home. The water will receive so I can. I, I thought about it too. I said, Look at this life. I was just looking at Texas covered with water. I said, Do you know some people plan holiday of a lifetime to come to this place? No, they just put a sign out. Please, nobody should be on the road. Then they put coffee in some places. Listen to me. What you do first is important. For Noah, Noah ate, yes. He went on holiday, yes, he did. But building the ark, in case you do not know, it took him 120 years to build that ark. Oh, many don't read their Bibles enough to check. The ark was not built in 12 months. Oh, read your Bible well. Noah built for 120 years. Oh, you just, you know, you just open those pages and pass through. For those 120 years, the focus of his life was the assignment of God, build this ark. Build the ark. In that process, they ate. In that process, they drank. Let me add what we're trying to explain. Now, in that process, they went on holidays. In that process, they watched TV. They were also on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, in that process. But whatever they were doing, they made sure it did not slow down the building of the ark. Because once Uncle Methuselah dies, is it uncle or grandfather? Once the man dies, so they were rushing and building. Are you getting my point here? What am I trying to say? When we are praying, we're talking about the most important prayer. Our prayer is for this purpose. One, I must obey the word of God, especially now, we're adding that one to it now, especially as it concerns my assignment in life. Let me say to us again, we all have a purpose, we all have an assignment. God did not create us to come and enjoy life. God did not create us to build a house in the village. God did not create us to build a house in the city. God did not create us to enjoy anything. All of those things are things that are added while we pursue the purpose of God for our lives. So when next you want to take a job and a few doors are open, remember your prayer is not which one pays better. That's how you know people don't believe anything. Which one are you taking? Ah, you are still asking me. Can't you see the pay here? Can't you see the pay? These people are starting me you say, check them now. Up front, they are going to give me every year 1.5 million. After that, they give me they give me this. Ah, what else are you asking for? It doesn't work like that. 
One man told me once, you know, say, he said, I know what you are doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's why, why, am I, why are you not doing it? He said, I work in a bank. You work in a bank? How does that stop you from preaching? That I work early morning till late at night. Actually, my wife used to work in a bank, so I understood. So why are you continuing working in a bank when you are supposed to be doing what I'm doing? He said he has family responsibilities. You know, there are things you just hear people say. You just see the Bible being written again. That's what came to, well, that's what happened to Jesus now. He said, my father is my responsibility. Let me quickly take care of him before I come and attend to this matter. I told him, man, look, they don't do like that. Because the way he, I mean, he used to talk to me on the phone. The way he sounded, he sounded sure that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. What this man Enugu is doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be preaching the word of God. So any time, later on, I listened to David Paulson. David Paulson said, one of the ways you know your assignment in life is that which vibrates you. The word we will use is, resonates with you. So it's any time you will hear me, let me use our own words now, I used to resonate with his spirit that this is your assignment in life. So I said, why are you not doing it? He said he has responsibilities. He said he's working in a bank. Why are you working in a bank? He said he has responsibilities. If you're, is it right hand he said? Apostle? Is that right hand, right? Good. If your right hand causes you to what? Offend. Now, this offense for him is walking away from the will of God. What is he supposed to do? Cut it off. Should have left there, gone to the state government, applied to teach in their secondary schools. Yes. The Lord probably opened that door for him. Then he can come to school in the morning, close by 2 o'clock. Secondary school, I mean, it's a university graduate. Secondary school won't be hard for him to handle. He can get another job somewhere and free his time. It's called cutting off that right hand. Because David said, give me understanding so that I may learn thy commandments, so that I may follow the reason why you gave me life, because your hand made me. I, look, I talked to that guy a number of times those days. Oh, boy, you have to do something, I don't know what, what he ended up doing. The Lord is patient too, but does not endure forever. After a while, he will decide that this unprofitable servant, he will find somebody else. He does that. I don't know if that's what you use faith for. I've done it before. You say, this guy, you're just talking. I have, what, I'm t- what I'm telling you, I've done it before. There was a time I took a 60% slash in my income. 60%. If you drop from 15,000 to 6,000, what percentage is that? From 15, that you lose 9,000. Drop to 6. That was it. Hmm? 60. 60 something better. That was the cut I took. I can't go into details now. I just I said, no, bank, the way you are going, this is not the will of God concerning you. So I got up one day. And that's what you do. Look, that's, we're talking about the most important prayer. That's what you do prayer for. He said, ah, how will I do that? There's no need to worry. Take the, pray, take the matter to where? To prayer and pray until you hate the job. Pray until one day you resign, you won't know why you resigned. Pray until you get to work. And, and then sometimes it's too hard for you. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, have me fired. Are you get my point? Is that one? Money we miss, it's not bank. One day money may miss one day, and God will ensure it is not you. But while they are checking whether it is you or not, they put all of you on suspension. And the Lord lets you know, so boy, you ain't coming back. And you will now say to him, before I was afflicted, I went astray. It was good for me that I was afflicted. In your faithfulness, you have afflicted my job. Now I obey your word. 
It happened to me then. I mean, I took a cut. 60-something percent. From 15,000 a month to 6,000. And I told my friend of mine, I said, people think I'm crazy. He said I'm one of them. I don't know where I get my point. I was talking to him. I said, some people think what I did was crazy. He said, yes, I think so too. <laughs> I was confiding in my friend. He said, oh boy, <laughs> I know say you're the crazy. Forget that thing. I think you He told me straight. I think what you did was crazy. But for me, it was reasonable. Money became hard. Don't think uh, after that, the law began to supply, you know. I just called, money come, and it just came, you know. And I just called, money come, and money came. And I made the sacrifice, and then I began to call. Now lie. Ross, I broke like a person with sin. Um, are you getting my point? <laughs> Tell you, it's a matter of fact. I became very broke. That was when I have told you many, many times that I, I, I didn't used to go anywhere. It was because I was broke. You come to my house, you always meet me at home. It's not as if, oh, this guy doesn't like going anywhere. I was broke. If you go out, you pay money. If you can't, you know, I don't know, people don't have to manage their lives. Just stay at home. Nobody's going to tell you to buy ice cream. You have a good excuse. Say, buy ice cream. Now, say, no, they sell for my compound. <laughs> so you go start hanging around the mall. That's when one sister will see you. Ah, that's a hey, brother John. How now? Come and buy me ice cream. Shame no good. Let you say no. <laughs> and I say, oh, okay, ice cream. Which one do you like? I like fans. Say no, I don't like fans. Supreme, no. Which one do you like? Cold stone or more? <laughs> <laughs> you just look and say, Lord, my life is over. <laughs> you quickly check, check. Ah, these two five where you don't plan for, and you can't talk. And I just go there. Yeah, which one do you want? Ah, you are praying, Father God, let her not ask for all those things. So. She now say, I'm not so hungry. Say, praise God. Thank God, thank God. She's not so hungry. I say, at the end of the day, how much is that? Uh, 2350 sir. All right. You, you know, you can't talk. You all bring out the money you pay. He say, oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, yeah, I'm so sweet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Where you go, my life becomes bitter. No, <laughs> After that, she wants to go. Are you going now? Yes. Uh, let's go together. No, no, no. I'm tired, sir. Because you know, say, this money is just enough for part keke, part trek. I want you to go with her on a taxi. <laughs> Believe me, when you stay at home, according to DSTV, and watch DSTV. Remember that advert on DSTV? Just sit down and watching telly and reading a book. Nobody is going to tell you to buy anything. If they say buy, they say they don't sell it in my compound. That was what I did, though. I didn't go anywhere. I was in Lagos. Go where? For where? For what? Going out was too expensive. But I'm not kidding about it. It's the reason why you are listening to me today. That is the reason why you left everything you had to do this evening. Two good hours and you are here listening to me talk. That is what they call seeds. That's real seed. That's the real seed. That's why I can say with, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy one guy sent him a mail recently. I fought one of our brothers. He said, sir, I've been reading that mail since you forwarded it to me. What was inside the mail? A young man, just, young boy just about to enter university, describing how his life now is, how he now handles his parents, how he now does work at home, how he goes back to school to help. He's not just talking about it. He said, when I listen to this, what the world produced in my life. Are you getting my point? Seeing this result of my travail, and I'm glad. That's what she's saying. It's not now after I saw that, and I saw a millionaire. No. What, what is that producing? I mean, I see things like that once in a while, and I'm happy about it. That is what prayer is for. Let's rise to our feet. That is the focus of that segment. That's what prayer is for. Prayer is, Lord, your hands made me and fashioned me. 
Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. May my heart be blameless in thy statutes, that I may not be ashamed. Like I said, listen, one day you are going to stand before the judgment throne of Christ. One day. You are going to stand like this. And the decisions you made in life, people talk about the will of God. Is this right? Is this wrong? The will of God is not usually, should I do this? Should I not do that? That's not the will of God. The will of God most of the time, that's why it's so easy to understand it. Do not be foolish, he said, but understand what the will of God is. The will of God can be understood. That's my emphasis. It can be understood. He said, be transformed so you will prove what the will of God is. It's something you can understand. It's something you can explain to people. So what is the will of God? It's simple. Every time you have to make a decision, analyze why you are making the choice you are making. That's the will of God. And today's focus is, and I want to pray, thy hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Let my whole life be an example for those who obey you. Are you getting my point here? That's what David was saying. He said one day, I've just jumped a number of verses now. He said one day, I'm going to stand before the judgment throne of Christ. May my heart be blameless in thy statutes, that I may not be ashamed. Let us pray. Say, Lord. No, no, you are using your own words to say, Lord, this is the purpose of my life. Help me. Your hand made me. Your hand fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. When we are going to prayer, these are the things we take to prayer. This is our school of prayer. We are learning the kind of things to say in prayer. We are learning the kind of things to say in prayer. I want to make a choice. It's not, Lord, where will I prosper more? Where will I enjoy myself more? No. What you simply say is, Lord, your hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commands. Thy commandments. How it affects my life. Where I'm supposed to go. Where I'm not supposed to go. Pray that prayer. Say, Lord, your hands made me and fashioned me. Let me just read that 78 again. He said, may the arrogant be ashamed for the subvert sub- uh, me with a lie. He said, but I meditate on your precepts. When people are talking about you, it's not what you are saying that matters to you. It is what the Lord is saying about you. I meditate on your precepts. They laugh at you when you make choices. Has happened to me before. Country was very hard that time. People assumed that I'd be looking for where money was, you know, better paid. And I mentioned to people that I was taking a job in university in Enugu and I'm moving to the east. I remember some people glanced at themselves at the point in time when I applied for a job then in one university. People glanced at themselves like, ah. Is this guy okay? Are you for real, like they say? Are you for real? You never suffer rich for this in your life. What I was thinking about is that I have to teach the word of God. I have to teach the word of God. I was just setting myself up in such a manner that teaching the word of God is going to be easy for me. David said, may those who fear thee turn to me. May those who want to follow God's will for their lives, may they turn to me. May, they be, may I be an example to them. He said, those who know your testimonies, who know the reason why you made them, because that first line is the key to this portion. Thy hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. May those who fear thee turn to me, even those who know thy testimonies. I read this again. May my heart be blameless in thy statutes, that I may not be ashamed. Pray that prayer. You, have been, you, have, you are here, you have been trying to make a choice for some time. This is what God is, that's what is demanding of you. That is what is demanding of you. 
That is what he's demanding of you. To ask questions according to purpose. When Solomon made that request that pleased the Lord, it was because it was a request according to purpose. The previous segment here talked about affliction. This segment is talking about living a life of purpose. Next time we'll talk about a life of patience. We'll get to that one later. When David said, my soul languishes for thy salvation, I wait for your word. There's a life of patience to live. Let's give God thanks for what we have learned today. Remember, we're talking about the most important prayer. Psalm 119 is the most important prayer. How to pray and be pleasing to God in things that we say. When we're taking words to prayer, it's what we have in our hearts that matter. That's what this series is about. For us to form the right thoughts when we are opening our mouths to pray. And we are saying to the Lord, thy will be done. Let's know what we mean by thy will be done. And we are saying, Lord, reveal to me your commandments. Let's know what we mean. Let's know what we are asking for. Let's give the Lord thanks for today. Say, Lord, thank you for understanding. Give him thanks 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 for what he has revealed to you today. Let's just read that portion of, the, uh, of um, Psalms again and we'll close with it. Open your Bible, please, Psalm 73. That's 73. I meant verse 73. <laughs> Psalm 119. We're seeing 119. Verse 73, sorry. Are you ready? Everybody, we're reading it together. One, two, let's go. You made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. 74. May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy. For I put my hope in your word. 75. I know, O Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. 76. Now let your unfailing love comfort me, just as you promised me your servant. 77. Surround me with your tender mercies so I may live. For your instructions are my delight. 78. Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lie against me. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. 79. Let me be united with all who fear you, with those who know your laws. 80. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees, that I will never be ashamed. Father God, we give you thanks for today. We give you thanks for today. Let our lives reflect your word. Lord, let our lives reflect understanding. Lord, let our lives reflect purpose. Let our lives, Father, reflect the fear of you. In the name of Jesus Christ.